Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Hi everyone, how are you? Good morning, nice to see you. I haven't seen you from this perspective for a long time, so except from that perspective, but this is slightly different. So it's nice to see you. If you don't know who I am, my name's Joel. Um, this is not my first. This is not my first time doing this. When when you're a young person preaching, it's funny because every time you go to preach, you always get people like really nervous for you. Like they they <laughs> they always think it's like the first time you've ever done it, or that you're going to screw up really bad or something. But <laughs> It's probably not going to happen. Hopefully, see, I've been doing. I've been in this church for a long time. I haven't met you since I was five years old. Yeah, so it's a long time. You don't have to applaud the fact that I <laughs> got a year older every year. You <laughs> you're <laughs> you're all managing to pull that one off quite well. I'd, I would presume. <laughs> Oh, that wasn't meant in any derogatory ageism terms of, at all. So yeah, here I am, and it's nice to see everyone. Performance night was cool last night. Who came along to the performance night? Everyone did. Um, there was a performing dog. That was excellent. I enjoyed that. It was the girl here who had the dog. Shout out to the girl with the dog. That was awesome. Personal highlights for me were the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> um, it was like a middle-aged version of the... like. <laughs> It was middle to borderline later life version <laughs> of, <laughs> of the Backstreet Boys. But <laughs> those harmonies were still on point. You guys should have had stools. Like, you should have had five stools, and you're sitting on the stool, and in that climactic moment, you come up from the stool, you know? <laughs> Next time, <laughs> I could produce that for you guys. No problem. All right, I'm going to get the jokes out of the way. If you make people laugh when you're preaching, it's like they just can't help but like you no matter what happens afterwards. <laughs> Theoretically. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty happy to be here. Um I always want to talk about all kinds of stuff, but I'm going to f- I really want to focus this morning to be honest on like really quite a basic topic, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk a bit about that, um, amongst other things. Um, one thing I was thinking this week is that there's going to come a moment, like very soon in your existence, sooner than you think, where um, your spirit's going to leave your body and go into the spirit realm, and instantly you're going to be before Jesus Christ. <laughs> you're going to be right there before him, and his eyes are going to be blazing with fire right at you. Like, the um, eminence of the glory of his presence is going to overwhelm you. And in that moment, you're going to realize that he was the main point all along. <laughs> he was the only point. He's Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. He sustains all things by the word of his presence. I talk about this all the time, but you, this is just what I do, you know. <laughs> I bring this message. And that's really cool to have that realization at that moment in time, but what if we could capture that realization a bit earlier (laughs) and make the main thing the main thing from the very earliest point that we possibly can? Does that make sense? Yeah. That's powerful, eh? Um, And, you know, Romans 8, I love the book of Romans, but those who live according to the flesh uh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So God wants to do awesome things. I really feel like it's a fresh, it's always a fresh season with God. He always wants to do new things, but I just feel really strongly that there's a a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit on its way. It's already here. It's happening, and we're hungry for it. And um, everything that God does in the earth, it happens through the Holy Spirit, like relationship with the Holy Spirit, understanding the Holy Spirit is crucial to partnering with Him. So I got quite a lot of actually scripture today that I want to jump into, but um, so you know the Holy Person is the third person of the Trinity. He is God. He is God. He is Almighty God. It's powerful to remember that. He was present at creation, but He comes to live inside of us. Wow. One Corinthians six nineteen. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. I like to ima- I'm very I like to imagine things and I'm very visual. And you just imagine like a picture of the temple of David, you know, where they worshipped twenty four seven and how that place was filled with the very glory and I don't know, I just imagine what it'd have been like going through a curtain, it would have been like smoke and just fire, and just, that's the very present glory of God, you know, that temple was done away with, and your body is now that very temple, where that same uh, fiery, living, amazing presence is, lives inside you, isn't that cool? The great thing about that is that you don't have to go looking on the outside for God, or for the kingdom, because that can be very discouraging, (laughs) often on the outside, there's all kinds of chaos happening in the world, there's all kinds of pain happening in our lives, but on the inside, the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit remains. So the the journey into the kingdom is very much an inward journey of discovering what's already in, deposited inside you. I love um, the mist, there was, you know, there's these people who write books, and the term given to them is kind of like mystics, like they're kind of people who their life's journey is to discover these mysteries of the presence of God. And I believe it was St. Uh, Teresa of Avila who talked about um, this concept of, you know, within you is you actually, the very throne, the very presence, the very place of God's abiding glory is actually inside you. And it's, it's a journey of stillness and of meditation and of discovery to, to tap into that. So that's cool. <laughs> Thanks for the laughs there, Pete. Appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so the Holy Spirit's part of the Trinity. Um, 1 John 5, 7. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, who is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. So the Holy Spirit is one with the Father. You know, one of the key roles of the Holy Spirit, I love this. these ideas, is his personal relationship to each one of us. He's a creator of the universe, but he has a personal relationship with each one of us. I want to talk a little bit about some of the things he does. This is so dear to my heart, but he comforts. One of his names is is the comforter. Um, do you know when you when you were young and you stubbed your toe? I had a tendency to do that a lot. Did anyone else have that problem? You just feel like you're always stubbing your toe, and like can't figure out why. It's probably because I didn't wear shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just heading in that direction the whole time, but um, 
you know, you hurt yourself basically as a young child. Like, who do you want? You know, you want mum. Or maybe dad, if dad's just nicer than mum. But, <laughs> but, 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 you guys are laughing good today, kids. I like this. <laughs> you want that person who's going to comfort you, basically, don't you? And I don't know, I don't understand a lot of, like, infant psychology, clinical psychology or whatever, but what I do understand is that comforting process is crucial in forming, like, a lasting bond with a parent. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit, that when you allow Him to comfort you in the times of absolute trauma and pain, you form an extremely lasting bond with Him. Does anyone else know what I'm talking about? Good call. <laughs> Thank you, Tui. Um, and there's an amazing verse in Psalms, you know, when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, we don't like that place, but that's a place where you can find the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And it's like, it's just like a big hug. Like, it really is. A real person putting his arms around you and giving you a hug. That's what it feels like to me. Um, in the Psalms, it, talk, it says that he hides us in the shadow of his wings. I love that. Every time I'm <coughs> in the valley... I go into my bedroom and I read that psalm and I just say, Holy Spirit or Daddy God, like I just need a big hug. And he comes and does it in a really real way. And from so many of those experiences now, it's like, I just love him so much because he's held me like when I've just been crying, when I've just been desolate. You know, we all go to those places. But the amazing thing is he also parties with us when we're just full of joy <laughs> and full of life. He's there too. Like, sometimes I feel like I hear the Holy Spirit, like, laughing, or just, He's happy. He's he's so joyful, like, in His presence is fullness of joy. So it's not all about the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Hallelujah. What was that? I'm, like, inviting audience participation today. So if you've never been there, like, if you've never done that, just ask the Holy Spirit to comfort you and experience His comfort. Give it a go, because from that time on, you'll always know where to run and who to run to when you need it. And it's just really good. He teaches us. The Holy Spirit is always teaching us. He convicts us. That's an interesting one. Um, well, he does. And you know, one thing that I've learned, I'm getting old enough, getting a little bit old. I got a haircut this week and I couldn't believe all the gray hairs that I could see coming through on my head. Like, <laughs> I hadn't had the sides of my hair this short for a long time. And then I looked in the mirror and there was just gray hairs everywhere. Oh. <laughs> And then in the, same, in the same week, my mum goes to me, she goes, Joel, you look closer to 30 than you do 25. <laughs> 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 I don't even hear what Simon said then. You want to say it again? <laughs> oh, I can, yeah, I can just lift the vocals up a bit, you know, for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just milking this laughter thing for all it's worth. You guys know my theory. It means I have to do less preaching. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, okay, I don't even remember what I was talking about. That had no relevance to the Holy Spirit convicting us. Let's just skip that one. Okay. Um, he talks to us. There's an ongoing conversation with the Holy Spirit that you can have every day, which becomes like, to be honest, I feel like I haven't been that good in, at this in my life, but I know that some people have like a best friend, like a real person who they just chatter on to all the time. They're on the phone, texting, chatter, 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 chatter. And there's something about that that builds like a really, really, really strong bond. Um, we people, as people, we thrive off communication. We love to be communicating with the people that we love. And you can have that same deal with the Holy Spirit. Um, he always wants to talk to you. He has fun with us. I was kind of getting on that buzz before, but, you know, the, I really would encourage you that when you're having the coolest experiences in your life, maybe you're going to the beach, maybe you are skydiving, maybe you are scuba diving in Rarotonga, I don't know. Um, invite the Holy Spirit to be with you because it takes that experience to even another level when you remember to be conscious of him, be aware of him with you. He created all that amazing stuff. So all of these things build a closer relationship between us and the Holy Spirit. Um, he journeys through life with us. He's always there. Okay, um, so let's talk a little bit about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, Matthew 3.11 this is uh, John the Baptist talking. I baptize you with water, but he who is coming after me is mightier, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I love that verse. I'm not worthy to, um, one who is coming is mightier, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes from Jesus himself. It was promised and prophesied before Jesus even came. All throughout the Old Testament, we see a foreshadowing of the coming of the Holy Spirit. He lives in our heart from the moment we are saved. He is the seal of salvation. That's awesome, eh? I used to struggle, like we all go through this. I used to struggle with that classic thing of, you know, am I saved? Like, am I really, am I really saved? Has anyone else been there? Nobody else has. You guys are awesome. You guys have got faith. You know, I was that classic church kid who got saved like hundreds of times, like, Easter camp every year, I'd get at least five times a year, like other multiple times throughout the year. But I didn't understand how to have a confidence of my salvation until I understand friendship with the Holy Spirit. Because what you realize is that salvation is not like a business deal that you just cut and run and never see each other again or something like that. It's like salvation is literally the fact that he's come to live inside you. So it's just the little things day by day of knowing that he's there that's actually the seal of your salvation. Isn't that cool? So you don't ever have to live in fear of like, am I actually going to go to heaven? Am I actually saved? You know, he is the seal of your salvation. I love that God gave us that confidence because that's a big deal, you know. That fear can cripple, that's a crippling fear. And I just want to pray this morning, anyone who struggles with those thoughts of uh, fearing for your salvation, that that would just be gone this morning. <laughs> You just feel the tenderness of the Holy Spirit that He takes that away in a really tender way, in a really personal way for you, just through relationship. In Jesus' mighty name right now. I feel like that's happening for some of you right now. You're realizing that you've had this fear for a long time, but if you actually think about it, you can see all these markers of the Holy Spirit's work in your life, and that right there is the seal of your salvation. Thank you, Daddy. That's good, Joel. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
Sorry, I'm in a silly mood right now, and so this is why this is what it's like at Fire Starters because I teach Fire. Yeah, who knows Fire Starters? Yeah, <laughs> because I teach Fire Starters every single week. I just get in a silly mood. <laughs> okay, moving on. That was a good point, though. Um, another thing about the seal, you know, Ephesians 4.30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You're sealed for the day of the redemption. So there is an, uh, this thing of baptism of the Holy Spirit, but there are also subsequent fillings of the Holy Spirit. It's not necessarily a one-time thing. Um, also, you know, a concept, just an idea for the baptism of the Spirit, it can kind of be the Holy Spirit comes in you the moment that you're saved. But kind of the baptism of the Holy Spirit for me is kind of when He gets on you for like power and ministry and effectiveness in life, all that exciting stuff. Um, you know, because let me just jump over here a little bit. So the disciples in Ephesus actually believed in Jesus. They'd been saved, but they had not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it is possible to be in this state. Uh, Acts 19.2, he said to them, Paul speaking, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And Paul laid hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So they'd been saved. Um, they had a salvation experience, but they hadn't experienced this, this thing of the baptisms of the Holy Spirit where they began to prophesy, they began to speak with other tongues. Manifestations of power and the gifts of the Spirit. So yeah, we're talking a little bit about that today. How can we um, how can we overcome that if we feel like that might be where we are? Also, you know, once we've had one infilling of the Holy Spirit, that's not it. That's good news. Every day, every week, there's a fresh infilling, and like oh, I'm just hungry at the moment for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Is anyone else hungry for that? It's the one thing that you're allowed to just be continuously hungry, hungry, hungry for. Like even Paul uses the word lust to like lust after the things of the Spirit, lust after spiritual gifts. It's the one thing you have permission, green light, to be hungry for. Like I think I'm addicted to that thing, eh? and, that, and I'm okay with that. Oh, come Holy Spirit. Amen. Acts 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I remember um, in my life, I was probably the age of about 17 or 18, I got so hungry for this thing of baptism of the Holy Spirit that I even stopped watching television. Um, I used to watch way too much TV as a kid. Every night, um, it would be like the set routine, you know, it's like home improvement. Who's been there? <laughs> Home and away. Police, police 10 7. Um, airport, border, border security. All those shows. What was I doing with my life, you know? For years. Just watching TV. Um, then I got this somehow, actually, I, heard, I started to hear stories of what could happen when you became baptized in the Holy Spirit. I started to hear these stories that I had never heard before. People casting out demons, sick people being healed, dead people coming alive people telling people the secrets of their heart without being able to get visions, dreams. Oh my gosh, I'm like, this is what I was born for. So I managed to stop watching a bit of TV. And in the evening, 
I'll go into my bedroom and I'll put some worship music on. I'd lie on the floor and I then, that was as far as I got. <laughs> Nothing happened <laughs> for months. I got so desperate and frustrated. I was crying out to God, God, I'm just trying to seek you. I'm trying to do my best. Where are you? Why am I not being baptized in the Holy Spirit? I was so frustrated. And then one special day, I never forget this. I hear this little voice. Literally, this is a true story. It goes, like, what are you doing? I've, been, I've just been right here the whole time. And I'd spent this six months, like, striving. I was striving in my own effort to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was praying like this, like, God, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'd, cry, I'd be crying. I'm so hungry for you, God. I was talking, 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 talking so much that I wasn't, I wasn't turning on my faith. I was not engaging my faith at all. All I was engaging was my desperation and my lack See, faith is the only currency that works in the spirit world and in heaven. Faith is the only way to please God. That's a big statement. So when we're seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit or anything fresh from God, hunger and striving and works don't get you anywhere. The better thing to do is to actually relax and receive. So after six months, I learned this the hard way. This is a true story. I was crying in my bedroom like so much, hungry for the Holy Spirit. Then I heard that little voice, and then I started a journey where... um. I came to a conference. This is a weird experience because there was a youth conference at this church, but I was the only person who turned up from this church. Um, another organization was putting it on, and there was this big Australian preacher called Tim Hall. Has anyone ever seen Tim Hall? He's uh, Troy. He's a big dude, and he makes, uh, sorry if this is offensive, but he spends half of his sermon making your mama jokes. This is a true story. He tries to, he's just kind of offensive in that way. So I probably didn't need to sh- say that. I don't really know why I said that. But it's part of the story. So, and then, but I was at this conference and he called me out of the crowd like three times during the conference to pray for me. And the third time, I was right here. I remember this. And I came and he put his hand on me to pray for me. And people, I didn't know what was happening, but people tell me that my body like did a backflip. Like the power of God hit me so hard that I did a backflip and just got really touched by the power of God. And, um, what happened to me then is that I went home into my bedroom and it was this whole new experience. Like it wasn't dry. It wasn't cold. There wasn't nothing there. It was like, I was so aware that this person was with me there with me in my room, but I didn't know who he was. (laughs) It was like I was meeting him for the first time, getting to know the Holy Spirit. But then the amazing thing was that as soon as that thing happened to me, the Holy Spirit hit me. Some kind of baptism happened. I'm telling you this power came on my life that I never knew existed before. Like in that very season right there, that very next couple of weeks, like, I prayed for a Hindu man on the side of the road, like, out in the street, and when I put up my hand to pray for him, before I even touched him, the power of God hit him, and he fell, collapsed onto the ground, he lay there for two minutes on the ground with his eyes, like, fluttering, and he was in a trance, then he stood up and said that he'd had a vision of Jesus, that he believed in God, that he wanted a Bible, he wanted to become a Christian, from, I didn't do anything, like, I'd spent two weeks in this hot, this sauna of, like, I was in my bedroom, like, getting so touched by the Holy Spirit. Then I came out, and this power was on me. It's nothing to, absolutely nothing to do with me. This is the power of the Holy Spirit that this Hindu man got, I don't know really what happened. He got delivered, saved, touched by the Holy Spirit um, because, you know, you actually do receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In that same season, um... Um, you know, the Holy Spirit started to work with me with the prophetic and the things that I was so hungry for actually started to happen. 
um, you know, just get, being able to get words of knowledge about people's life, being able to get prophetic words and just seeing people touched. And like, that's just the stuff that my heart burns for. <laughs> and I know you guys do too. So I just wanted to bring this stuff to our attention this morning. So I feel like God wants to, he wants to pour himself out in a fresh way. Who's hungry for more of this stuff, more of the power of God, more of um, effectiveness in ministry in our lives? And it's not even about that stuff. It's just about the fact that we get to be in relationship with Him. Come on. Thank you, God. You know, lots of scripture this morning, but I just really want to lay a bit of foundation for this stuff. Um, Acts 4.31, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, (laughs) and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. Let's increase our expectancy for what can happen when we all gather together. You know, expectancy is so important in the kingdom. I don't understand how it works. I just know that it does work. I want to understand it. I'm kind of praying, God, can you show me why this works? How does this work? That when we expect things from God, they tend to happen. It tends to invite it. it tends, maybe it prepares our hearts. Maybe it prepares the ground and the spirit. I don't understand, but expectancy is powerful. So we gather together here every week. We know we're faithful. We're gathering here together. We can lift the lid of our expectancy of what God's going to do. I always encourage you guys to do that every time I'm up here, and I'm going to do it again. <laughs> do we have faith for the more? Do we have faith for the next level of what God wants to do? Oh, come on. Ah, I just believe that it's possible, you know, Azusa Street Revival where they're gathered in the building and literal fire appears on top of the building and the fire service turned up to the building to put out the fire because they thought the building was on fire. Wow. Come on, I, I burn for this stuff, eh? I burn for this stuff. <clears throat> I don't even know what that was. So yeah, the, the point being there, guys, that when they assembled together, the place was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you do that here amongst us? You're already doing it, but would you come in an even fresh way? We're hungry for you. Uh, Come and shake this place. We want to be shaken out of our complacency, shaken out of our mediocrity, shaken out of freaking waste of time watching TV, freaking doing the dab, Netflix Netflix and freaking chill. I'm sick of it. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the, the realm of power, the realm of the Spirit where things start to happen where communities start to be changed, lives start to be changed, people are delivered, people are healed, people are set free. Give us fresh vision. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. So the baptism is not a simple issue. Uh, Neat lines cannot necessarily be drawn (laughs) between, you know, has it happened, has it not happened for me? It's not always that simple, you know, it's something you journey through for yourself, something you process for yourself. But I believe that I personally went through a season where I was baptized in the Holy Spirit (laughs) very noticeably. And I pray that that happens for each one of you. And I believe it's already happened in most of your lives. But who's hungry for another season of baptism of the Holy Spirit? Fatu, you're hungry for that, eh, bro? (laughs) Shaktaranamasokotata. So how do we how do we receive the baptism or a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit? 
Number one, probably my favorite one, is tarrying or waiting. Uh, tarrying or waiting. This is a concept that we're not familiar with in our lives these days very much. Uh, waiting in peace and stillness and silence. Uh, Luke 24:49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. See, he told them that the power was coming, but he said that before it comes, you're going to have to wait <laughs> for a little while, wait and tarry for it to come. Why does God do that? Why does he ask us to seek and pray and, and press in? Why does he not just give us everything that we want straight away? Have you ever thought about that? I've definitely thought about that. There's, there hugely is an aspect of this where he's, he's testing our, our desire. He's testing our hunger. He's testing us on the ma- fact of what actually matters to you the most, you know? Is it watching TV every night? Is it being obsessed with all forms of social media? Is it the financial goals that you have in your life? Like, these are the big, these are big questions that are going to define your, they're going to define the rest of the walk of your life. What direction is it going to take? Is it going to take a direction of the natural and only the carnal where we achieve what millions of people before us have achieved, a nice life, maybe a happy life? Or is it going to take you down the path of the the dangerous and the risky into the unknown realm of the spirit, realms of heavenly realms of God where the very mysteries of God are revealed to you, the power of God is poured out with you and your life starts to change other people's history, change the destiny of cities, maybe even nations? Like, which path do you want to walk, you know? <laughs> Shakta. You know, I've, I'm doing my absolute best to choose the good, the better option of the two. <laughs> and I pray that you are too. You know, why does he ask us to wait? Because in the waiting, it reveals what you truly believe about his nature. Do you really believe that he's going to show up? <laughs> Do you really believe that something's going to happen? Because you'll only wait for something that you really want or you really believe is going to be good. It's like when you go to freaking Disneyland or Movie World, whatever, and the, you know, you've gone to the Gold Coast. I remember when my family went to the Gold Coast. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. That was a good trip. Um, and, you know, you see these rides, and they're looking epic. Like, I remember the Superman roller coaster. That thing looked epic. The fastest acceleration of any roller coaster in the world it goes from, like, zero to, like, 100 miles in, like, point zero of a second. That's probably not true. Physically impossible, that. Um, the point being that there was a ginormous line for the freaking ride but I really wanted to go on that ride this is so simple guys but this is literally how it works I really wanted to go on that ride so I waited in line for however long it took to go on the ride I tell you when the Holy Ghost shows up in your bedroom when Jesus himself shows up in your bedroom you're going to go on a freaking ride of your life it's going to shake it's going to shake your whole world upside down that's why you wait for it it's so simple you wait because of how it's going to be worth it. But do you believe it's going to be worth it? Do you believe it's going to be worth it? So, so often we come to a place of, oh, I've, I've tried praying for five minutes. <laughs> I've tried seeking God for two days. <laughs> you know? I can't tell you how long it's going to take for whatever it is that you're hungry for to happen. But I, I, one thing I do know is it doesn't matter. <laughs> and it's going to be worth it. 
What does waiting look like? What does tarrying look like? There's an amazing verse that says, when you pray, go into your secret room by yourself and shut the door so that nobody will see what you do in secret, but your father who sees will reward you in public. Cool verse, eh? So the only thing I really know about tarrying and waiting of how it looks is you go into your bedroom and you shut the door (laughs) all by yourself and you just, you wait and you pray. And you pray prayers like, God, I'm hungry for more of you. Daddy God, I love you so much. Like, I want my life to be for you. I want you to come and fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. God, like, I want to be used as an instrument for your kingdom. Like, I know that I need you. I can't do it without you. Would you come and fill me? And that's how you start to pray. And you do it for as long as it takes for breakthrough to happen. But you do it with faith. Don't do it with striving and don't do it with a lack of faith that he's going to show up because he's a good father. The way that I started to understand that I could be filled with the Holy Spirit was when I realized that God is not a respecter of persons. (laughs) He loves everybody the same. He loves everybody the same. What that means is, you know, any experience you read about in the Bible that people have had with God, He can do the same for you. Any person in history, anybody you look up to, any pastor, any leader you look up to, God can meet you in exactly the same way, use you in exactly the same way. But you see, so often it's, it's our lack of identity, you know, our lack of self-esteem, our lack of understanding of the love of God that causes us to draw back from pursuing Him wholeheartedly. But let me just tell you this morning, you're so loved. (laughs) That message can never be preached enough that you're completely loved by God. That's cool, eh? How's everyone doing okay? Cool. So yeah, number one, I'm tarrying or waiting for the Holy Spirit. You know, number two, the laying on of hands is quite frequently mentioned in, in Scripture. Um, the apostles frequently imparted the Holy Spirit by laying on hands. Um, it's also mentioned as one of the uh, basic tenets of the faith, actually, <laughs> is the laying on of hands. Uh, through anointed words, uh, this is an interesting one. In Acts ten forty four, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. That's interesting. Also, when Jesus preached, we know his words became spirit and life. People were actually filled with the Holy Spirit just as he spoke. You know, I'd love for my words to be anointed in that way more and more. Uh, Acts eleven fifteen. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at, as at the beginning. That's why sometimes when someone's preaching, have you ever had this experience where it's suddenly it's just like it's going beyond a natural experience for you? Like something is happening profound inside you. That's the very words that the person speaking is actually releasing an anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is an interesting one. Like through breath, um, you know, Jesus breathed on the disciples and they received the Holy Spirit. It's an interesting one. You know, I often feel like the Holy Spirit promised me to do that when I pray for people, you know. Like just got to make sure you have good breath. Um but there's something about breath that releases the Holy Spirit. You know, impartation and the laying on of hands is a powerful thing. It's different It's different for praying for somebody. Impartation is different from prayer. It's like when you, when you pray, it's like you're praying for God to do something on that person's behalf. But impartation is a thing of confidence, of I, I actually have something to give. 
and I'm going to release the presence of God. And uh, when someone gives you an impartation, it's kind of like, I imagine it's kind of like the, you know, when your battery goes flat on your car <laughs> or something, and you need the jumper cables, it can kind of work like that, it can jumpstart you into a fresh anointing, a fresh thing. Um, what happens, I believe, with impartation with someone praying for you, it's almost like their atmosphere or what they're carrying, it gets on you. <laughs> the, residue, the residue of it gets on you, but then you have to choose what you're going to do with it after that. Yeah, um, like it might get on you for two weeks. It might get on you for two weeks. You're so excited. You're like, why am I so excited? Why am I so passionate about, about God? But then, you know, it starts to fade, doesn't it? <laughs> Normal life can start to catch up with us. That's because, you know, the, the power of God comes to us as a gift, but it's sustained through wisdom and through the renewing of our minds, which is the partnership of the Spirit and the Word, the partnership of the Spirit and wisdom. An anointing, a powerful anointing can come on this and on us, and that happened in my life big time, you know. A power, undoubtedly, a, an anointing came on me, but I did not have the wisdom or the maturity to know what to do with that. Um, so God's had to teach me, try to teach me those things. He's trying his best to teach me those things. <laughs> I don't know about that, eh? <laughs> yeah, so... You know, those are a few things you guys can try as well. So it can happen a number of ways. Um, you know, what is the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? That would be the final point. Well, you know, for me, I could say a hundred things about that, but I'll keep it short. Is that the biggest thing on my mind right now is that the purpose of the baptism of, of the Holy Spirit is so you can participate in what God's doing in the earth. Participate with what God wants to do. Because it all comes through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the one who speaks to you what's on the heart of the Father and what's on the heart of Jesus. He reveals the plans of God and He empowers you to carry them out. So when we're not walking in that place of feeling filled, feeling feeling like um, He's with us, you know, we miss out on being part of the greatest adventure, the greatest story. Um, you, you know, you can still be part of it. Don't hear me wrong. You can absolutely still be part of it. If none of this is for you, God loves you. I love you. And it's totally okay. Like, you'll still have so much to offer just in your natural self. But I tell you, getting into that, this place of hunger can take you to some really cool places. Um, yeah, so I think that's probably all we have time for today. Um, what I'd love to do is we'll just do a bit of a ministry time today. Um, if we can have the worship team come up. Can you guys do you and you alone, Simon? Thank you. Yeah, let's let's just worship. Can't go wrong with that. He's always <laughs> worthy of being worshipped. Um, but yeah, I'd love to pray with people today, and the ministry team will be up here as well. If you're hungry for any of what I've been talking about, especially the baptism of the Holy Spirit, more hunger for spiritual things, um, just anything I've talked about, or if you just feel like it would be beneficial for you to be, you know, have an impartation or be prayed for. Feel free to come on up. Um, if, yeah, we'll get get the ministry team on, on up as well. And hope that everyone has a cool uh, rest of the weekend and a good day. Yeah, but let's do it.